0: Mm -hmm. King and Wade, Fox Beard, Locke is acting very weird, Captain Pike, Driscoll's wife, Klingons and the afterlife, Boimler, Mler, Candy's dog, Ransom is very harsh, Four drives, Black Alert, Georgio has gone berserk. He's about lifted Edward is an idiot. Fucking said, Wolf is wet, Jackal wearing red. See this cat, check <laughs> that you is <laughs> had enough of that. Beat me up, make it so everybody, let's go. We talk about the series. You can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about the series. We're coming to you on the street services now. We talk about the series.
1: Well, good evening Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe, but that theme song is time for another awesome episode of Trek Talking. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and with me, as usual, is my one of my co-hosts, uh, Eric Eric's out in Portland Charles usually joins us from li- <laughs> excuse me from Las Vegas, but he decided to go on vacation and hang out at the lake and that that was more important than podcasting tonight with you guys So you're stuck with myself and Eric out in Portland. How you doing tonight, Eric?
2: I am doing pretty good I uh, am missing Charles for sure, but I know that you and I have a lot to say, so I'm pretty sure that we are going to be able to uh, to do a lot of Trek talking here all by our lonesomes.
1: Yeah, I think, I think we'll be able to uh, muddle our way through it. So I just want to let you guys know that we have 35,852 downloads. We're closing in on 36,000. So that's a pretty significant amount. So um, thank you so much for making that possible. You can download our podcast. Well, there's, any place where you get your podcast from, you can probably find us there. We're on Stitcher, Player FM, Google, we're on all the major ones. But the best way to get it is at Blog Talk Radio. Just go to go to Blog Talk Radio and look up Trek Talking. And you'll see us pop right up there. Give us a like, give us a follow. And that way anytime we post a new show, you will get an email reminder that there's a show coming up. Now you can also find us on our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. Spell that all out, A-N-D-Beyond. And, Beyond. and um, all of our shows are listed there. You won't get a nice handy email reminder, but every time you go to the page at the top there, you'll see all the events. And in the events will be listed all of our shows, so you'll never miss one that way. Speaking of Facebook. We have 62,298 followers on our Facebook page. Wow.
2: That's pretty awesome. Got you. Remember, Jim? Remember back when it was like 3,000? Remember back in the day? 3,000, 5,000. We got all excited when we hit
1: five. Yeah, that's just incredible.
2: And you know, we we gain more energy with every Facebook follower, right? (laughs) It just like exhilarates us even more
1: yeah so you guys can head over to our facebook page truck talking and Beyonds. please spell that all out and um that that's just karen she's everybody can hear you doing that um
0: i have to get ready for the show tomorrow
1: uh, oh yeah so anyways what I, I should let you guys know uh my next topic on my list anyways is i'm really excited um, first of all, I want to say thank you to Charles because I was, I was disappointed that I couldn't make it to Star Trek Las Vegas uh, when, I, when I got sick. And when I found out, one of the main reasons I wanted to go was to meet Bobby Clark, the Gorn, from Star Trek's arena, one of my favorite episodes. When I found out that the Gorn was right next to our table, I could have spent the whole weekend hanging out and chatting with the Gorn. And I couldn't go. And I was really disappointed about that. Well, I got a I got a package in the mail from Charles, and uh, Charles ran out to the Target in Las Vegas and bought an exclusive Target Gorn Funko Pop, oh, cool. and had him sign it for me, which is really oh, cool. Oh wow!
3: Nice. Um,
1: I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting it's sitting here, and uh, it, it, which is awesome. You know, I never would have thought that. But he also has a book. Uh, that Bobby Clark wrote called Being Gorn. And he he bought me the book and had him sign it for me as well. I haven't read it yet, but um, I just want to say thank you to Charles. I hope he's listening right now. Um, So I want to say thank you because that meant a lot to me uh, because I was really disappointed that I couldn't meet Bobby Clark. So thank you so much to Charles for doing that for me. Mm Kapla. So... You guys heard Karen in the background there a minute ago, and that's because Saturday from 10 to 4, we, as in Trek Talking, myself, Karen, Jamie, the Leslie Hoffman, and Admiral Ken, who was my original co-host on this show ages and ages ago, five, six years ago, are going to be at the Pine Bush, New York UFO Festival. Uh, This will be their 10th year doing it. And in particular, we're going to be at the Paranormal and UFO Museum, which they just opened. We're going to be broadcasting live from 1 to 3 at the museum. I have my new, my new microphones and everything that I bought for Las Vegas. And I'm going to be getting a private tour around the museum with all the exhibits, uh, Bigfoot sightings, UFO sightings, underwater UFO sightings. And we're going to get a little tour of the museum, and I'm going to try to capture that for you guys and let you guys know what's going on at the UFO Festival. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to try to bring that excitement to you live from Pine Bush, New York, on Saturday. Uh, We'll be there from 10 to 4, but we'll be broadcasting live from 1 to 3. So uh, please tune in and give us a listen and uh, share your UFO story with us if you've seen one. Maybe you've seen Bigfoot um maybe you had a ghost encounter uh give us a call on saturday and share your story with us we would love to hear it that's pine bush new york ufo festival saturday from 10 to 4 best part it's free all you gotta do is show up so new york city you guys are our number one listeners we have the most listeners in new york city uh new york city is about 80 miles from Pine Bush, Karen, is it? 70, yeah, 80? unfortunately,
3: New York City has no power
4: now because of the flooding. There's no subway, so I don't know if, if how that's going to work for them.
1: Anyways, uh, so if if you if if you can hear my voice and you're looking for something to do on Saturday, um, and you're in the New York Metro area, head on head on up to Pine Bush, New York, to the UFO Festival and say hello to yours truly, Uncle Jim. We're going to have a blast, and you can meet Leslie Hoffman as well, and get an autograph. So keep that in mind. Um Our next regularly scheduled podcast will be next Thursday, the 9th. And Rob Perlman, New York Times bestselling author, will be with us to discuss his new book, Starfleet Is. And uh, I haven't read that book. Have you read that book, Eric?
2: I have not, but uh we'll see if we can uh fit it in before next week because uh it's gonna be a real interesting conversation I think. He's he's got some uh interesting outlooks on, on Star Trek and uh, I'm very interested always to talk to authors, of course.
1: And he's written I was I was on uh my Kindle looking up books and I was surprised yeah. at how many books he's actually written. And uh
2: not just Star wow, Trek, I, but,
1: I, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a lot. True. So um, yeah, well, actually, it, it, we'll have him on. We'll be doing the, all the Star Trek news that comes out today, next week. I made a mistake. It said Star Trek Day was at five thirty. I thought five thirty was enough time for me to get all the stuff ripped for you guys to have on the show tonight, but it was five thirty Pacific Coast time. Oh, Pacific. Eight thirty. Yeah, eight thirty Eastern time, which is right in the middle of this show. So. All the news, all the trailers, everything that drops today, we'll talk about next week. And maybe Rob Perman will want to hang around and share some of his insights with us on whatever news drops. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And one more thing I have to mention here before we move on to the meat and potatoes of the show is coming up next week on Digital and Demand, the new sci-fi thriller Zone 414 stars Guy Pearce, Matilda Lutz, and Travis Spinnell, set in a dangerous, dark colony of humanoids known as the City of Robots. When the colony's creator hires private investigator David Carmichael to track down his missing daughter, David teams up with Jane, a highly advanced AI, and together they travel through the city uncovering a crime that calls into question the true origins of Zone 414. Uh, Stream Zone 1-4 instantly on digital and demand next week. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. It's a sci-fi thriller in the vein of Blade Runner and Westworld, two of my favorites. High production value in A New World of Humanoid Robots, starring Emmy Award winner Guy Pearce, Travis Fimnell, Matilda Lutz from Rings, and Jonathan Iris from Sherlock. From Academy Award-winning nominated producer Mark Huffman, of The Martian And I'm going to play for you guys right now The trailer da, 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 Right here Maybe There we go
4: Hello David What do you know about Zone 414? My city of robots, my androids, companionship, as rare these days, not my kind of place. The task is my daughter, Melissa. Three weeks ago she went missing. I need you to retrieve her for me. And when you get there, find Jane. She, she might be my best creation. So unique.
3: Welcome to the
4: Zen. Yeah, I'll be fine, Alyssa. So you're a friend of hers, right?
3: I don't need any more trouble.
4: What kind of trouble? Hello, Jane.
3: Someone wants to kill me.
1: Someone! Someone's been stalking
4: Jane. I appreciate the fact that Jane is your tool guide. Don't trust her. David is paying you to find the girl. Find the girl. Get your money and leave. You look, but you do not see. They can feel pain enough. In their own way. They scream. I said don't move! You have a murderer in the zone. Stay right there. What's more human than fear?
1: So, uh, Zone 414 will be available for digital download and on demand next week. We have five digital download codes to give away to one lucky caller. So during next week's show, when Rob Perlman is on, just give us a call, 646-668-2433, and you can win a code for a digital download of this awesome new sci-fi thriller. <clears throat> so without any further ado, let's dive right into our show this week. We're going to be talking about the Lower Decks episode, which aired today, Mugatu Gumato. Um, An interesting episode, to say the least. Uh, William Shatner has a new album coming out. And we have our usual segment that we do called Shatner Says What? But this week it's going to be called Shatner Sings What? And we're going to play his new song off of his new album. So definitely stay tuned for that. Star Trek prodigies, villains are announced. I wonder who they are. Could they be familiar? You'll have to hang out to find out. We also have Star Trek birthdays around the globe and fan shout-outs. It's power of math, people! So you want to definitely, definitely stick around. As I said earlier, give us a call. We're live. Our phone number is 646-668-2433. And we'd love to have you step in and help us to avoid that by Charles. So the show is going to be a little different because Eric and I are going to split up Charles's sections, but... We're gonna to try to muddle through. I hope he's having a good time relaxing by that lake while we're while we're working
2: so hard, Eric. <laughs> it did look quite nice. I bet he has a nice beverage in his hand and he's sitting in a lawn chair. I, I bet I hope he's sitting in a lawn chair listening to this podcast
1: at least. Um, Seriously, but it, Charles,
2: uh, well, you know, he may listen later. He's kind of a podcast guy, so he may download it later. But I, I have full confidence Charles will eventually hear our voices.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so we usually start off with going around the globe, and that's where we give shout outs to our global listeners, whatever country they may happen to be in. And for that, we
2: always turn to Eric. Well, Jim, it seems like we have settled into a new groove here. This week's numbers are uh, paralleling last week, but uh, they've all shifted up just a little bit. So that means more international listeners for us. Our number one country uh, outside of the United States who listens to our podcast consists of our brothers and sisters to the north. Canada with 6.24% of our listeners this week, so that is really super cool. They were a little behind for many, many weeks there, but they have come back strong, and they have stayed at the top of the pack now, I think, three weeks in a row if I'm keeping track. So thank you so much, Canada. We really appreciate your support, but not to be outdone. The U.K. is still holding steady in that number two spot with 4.76% of our listeners. So thank you very much to the folks in the U.K. But Australia says, hey, hey, you know what? We can get within a tenth of a percentage of you. They are in our number three spot with 4.68% of our listeners. So that's like, uh, you know, Australia, if you can cobble together a handful of listeners, you might be able to overtake U.K. next week. That That would be something, huh? Wouldn't it? See, Australia, number two on the list, I'd love it. So thank you very much, the guy, the the guy, (laughs) the dude, I know you, dude, you could definitely find people to listen also, (laughs) that guy, (laughs) that guy, in our number four spot, we have Ireland with 1.81% of our listeners, their share grows just a little tiny bit each week. So thank you folks in Ireland and, and staying in that number five spot now for a few weeks in a row, Germany, right in the middle of Europe. 1.36% 1.36% of our listeners come from Germany. So thank you very, very much to all of our listeners, whether you come from the U.S. or from somewhere that is not in the U.S. but still on planet Earth. Or if you're listening to this in the future when these radio waves go out into outer space and you are hearing my voice 10,000 years from now, we appreciate you listening to us. That's right. Or
1: or if you're listening on Tuesday or Saturday or any time but now. <laughs> any old age. So
2: any old day on
1: this planet or not yep it doesn't matter we appreciate it anyways so that's pretty cool so at this point in the show normally we would have charles do the cities but obviously charles abandoned us so i'm going to do the cities so um we always we have our our bottom three cities our cities close to our um our other co-hosts so we start off with Indianapolis, Indiana, which is where she, close to where Shannon listens to, and now they climb seven spots um, in our in our listenership from thirty-seven to thirty. So Indianapolis, that's way fun. to go! That's pretty that's, solid,
2: making a surge.
1: Yeah, that's that is really, really, really awesome. So that's cool. Uh, Portland, Oregon, where Eric is, uh, they dropped the notch from twenty-three to twenty-four, unfortunately. COVID, but man. not to be COVID. outdone Las Vegas, Nevada where Charles was listening to also dropped the spot From 18 mm-hmm. to 19 So Shannon made up for all That by gaining 7 so way to go Shannon. Our top 10 Though we had a little shakeup at the Bottom. These, these two have been duking it out um, Houston, Texas Moves into the number 10 spot And knocks Sao Paulo, Brazil Out of the top 10 Way to go Houston, Texas and the rest of our cities are, are the same. Coming in at 9 is Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Coming in at 8 is San Antonio, Texas. 7, we have Chicago, Illinois. At 6, we have Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our 5th spot, where Andy Bray listens to, is uh, Los Angeles, California. Number 4 is Sydney, New Wales, Australia. Number 3 is Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Number 2 is is London in the UK. And as I said earlier, number one with a strong grip on that spot is New York, New York, the Big Apple. Uh, Spent my summers down there. My grandparents lived in Brooklyn. I love New York, and I'm I'm glad that they're in this hot spot. So with all of that out of the way, we also like to do individual fan shout-outs to you guys listening. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page, truck Talking and Beyond. And uh, tell us where you're from. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper symbol. Every week, yours truly, Uncle Jim. We'll pick 15 lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name, that means you've been chosen and your name will be read out on a future podcast. So
2: Eric, get us started with our round, with our our fan shout outs. Absolutely. Our very first fan shout out this week goes out to top fan Rico A. Blancosler. Hopefully I got that right. Rico, we really appreciate you listening. All the way from Guam, Guam, USA, that's right. And they give us a little Guam flag and a little USA flag. And he says, Trekkie since, ever since, live long and prosper. So, wow, that is a true trade. You can tell when they start dropping those live long and prosper icons, you know they are for real. So, thank you so much, top fan, Rico A. Blenkoffler, for listening to us all the way from that tiny little island of Guam. We really, really appreciate it. We're also saying hello and uh, sending out a great big thank you to Cliff Sunnerborg in the Oregon High Desert, uh, right around Bend, I would guess there, Cliff. Uh, I have been out your way. It is beautiful, beautiful country out there. I can't believe it. I uh, love to go there on vacation sometimes or for skiing. Uh, so thank you, Cliff, for listening to us. Top fan Romina Susana Austin is listening from Argentina. Argentina. How many Argentinians do we get? Jim. I don't, that's not a country that I uh, really remember hearing before.
1: No, me neither. Well, that is
2: very exciting. Maybe Romina is the first one to uh, say hello to us uh, uh, or the first one we've recognized. Certainly as one of our top fans interacting a lot with us on our Facebook page, we have seen plenty of her name. So thank you so much for listening to us, Romina. We're also saying hello and sending out a big old thank you to Susie Berger from Bern in Switzerland. All the way from the Schweiz, that's right. And she gives us a little Live Long and Prosper icon as well. We're saying hello and sending out a big kapla to Sean Vella Karuna in Malta. And in parentheses it says, a tiny island in the Mediterranean Sea. You know, Sean, I know where Malta is because uh, as a slightly younger man, I used to play a lot of uh, Axis and Allies. And there's a version of that game that contains Malta, and I just learned so much about history from playing that silly game. So uh, thank you for listening from the middle of the Pacific Ocean and uh, saying hello to us. That really means a lot. Hello, and a big old thank you as well to John M. Thomas Sr. from Mason, Ohio. Became a Star Trek Next Generation big fan in Michigan in the 1980s. Ooh, sounds like you and I were watching and taking in Star Trek really for the first time. I mean, a little bit as a kid in reruns for me, but Next Generation – uh, in my high school years was where, and college years is really where it happened. So uh, John M. Thompson, uh, we really appreciate you listening all the way from Ohio. We're also saying hello and sending out a big thank you to Roxanne McKenzie from Pigeon Lake in Alberta, Canada. Thank you as one of our great brothers and sisters to the north. We appreciate you listening. And my final name this week is saying hello and a big old thank you to Liz Coppert from Blenheim, New Zealand. That's right. Way down there, near Australia, other side of the planet, listening to us right now, Liz Copper. Thank you so much for listening to us. So Jim, yeah,
1: I, I, uh, who, who I do broke you up the people. I broke them up. Uh, I, I split up Charles between you and me. <laughs> so
2: I think um, it's amazing that in my list we had listeners from both Guam and Malta. I just think that is so cool to think about one person in the middle of an island in the middle of a big old ocean listening to our podcast. I just think that's super cool. That is awesome. It's awesome that that anyone listens to our
1: podcast, if you ask Mm -hmm. me. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, guys, believe it or not, it is time for our first commercial break of the night. Time flies when you're having fun. And I was worried we couldn't fill it without Charles. Wow. So, I still have to go through our fan shout outs when we come back from this very, very important message, Uh, but don't touch your dial, run, don't walk to the bathroom and get right back here because we still have a lot of show to go through. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We'd love to hear from you and please stay tuned. We're going to hear from my good buddy, TJ at Freakopolis Geekery. We'll be right back.
5: This podcast is brought to you in part by the Freakopolis Geekery, the premier upstate New York comics and game shop. Centrally located between Saratoga Glens Falls, Ticonderoga, and Rutland, Vermont, the Geekery is a haven for pop culture and science fiction fans. For Star Trek fans, the Geekery features board games like Ascendancy, as well as awesome gaming titles like Star Trek Adventures RPG from Modiphius, Star Trek Away Team Hero Clicks, and of course, Star Trek Attack Wing: Ship-to-Ship Tactical Combat for the Tabletop. The Geekery hosts casual play sessions, learn-to-play sessions, and sanctioned organized play tournaments with limited-edition prize support. You'll also find comics and trade paperbacks at Freakopolis, including Star Trek titles from IDW. Lots of issues are in stock, and special orders are no problem. Whether you visit in person by Shuttlecraft, or beam in online to Freakopolis.com, you'll find yourself right at home at the Freakopolis Geekery. And welcome
1: back. We're right in the middle of our fan shout-outs. Um, Eric just finished up Charles' section, and I'm going to pick up with Charles' section and we'll roll right into mine. So first off, we'd like to say hello, kapla, and thank you to Heather Kessler from Oklahoma. We'd also like to say thank you to top fan Terry M. from Queens, New York. Uh, my, my grandparents lived in Brooklyn, my aunt lived in Queens, and I walked from 53rd Street in Brooklyn to 84th Street in Queens many, many times. Very familiar with Queens. So thank you for listening to Terry M from Queens, New York. We'd also like to say thank you to Eric Vanerwall from Belgium. Great waffles. I love Belgian waffles. They're they're <laughs> incredible. I don't That's know if they're the really Belgium. Yeah.
2: You know? Well, it's waffles and the mussels from Brussels,
5: man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on! You gotta, gotta love that. <laughs> um,
1: we'd also like to say thank you to Christopher Andrew McMahon from India, India. Awesome. awesome. Have we had a long... the... so, uh
2: We have, have had it. people from India before, but not a ton of them. So that is pretty awesome.
1: That is cool. We'd also like to say thank you to Corey Ahern from Palmer, Alaska. I think we've had a few Alaskans in the past. Sounds familiar. Yep. Um, Yep. Again, we'd like to say thank you to Kelly Thatcher from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada, creeping up there, creeping up the top cities. Who knows? And last, but definitely not least, we'd like to send out a hearty kapla to Dana Chilton Mackey from Central New York. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, when people say New York, you immediately think New York City. That's just natural, but New York City is just a tiny sliver of the great state of New York. And uh, she specifically says Central New York, which would be, I would say, somewhere between, um, ooh, Syracuse area maybe. Um, halfway between New York City and Buffalo is Central New York, so maybe maybe Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Dana Chilton Mackey. And now we get to do our birthdays. And birthdays are going to be a little bit different this week as well without Charles, but we're going to muddle through it. <laughs>
5: It was not a Klingon song.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. So uh, we turn to Eric to start off with our uh, remembrances for those members of our Star Trek family that are no longer with us. And uh, then we're going to roll right into Charles's section. And for the first time in a very long time, Eric is going to get an opportunity to say happy birthday to those members of our Star Trek family who are still with us. So that's going to be a little twist up for Eric so, Eric, why don't we jump in with
2: our remembrances? Yeah, our remembrances are small but mighty this week. We have four members of our Star Trek community who would have had birthdays this week. Uh, our first remembrance goes out to Christopher Collins, uh, an actor who played several parts on Star Trek, actually. Uh, he is known as Captain Cargan uh, in TNG's episode Matter of Honor, uh, one of the Klingons uh, that you see uh, in that episode, um, pretty famous but the 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 sort of one that I really know him for is that he is uh the main packlid packlid uh, Grednilog a <laughs> <Paclid laughs> grennilog from the TNG episode the Samaritan snare and I just think that is particularly cool given that um have now come back to the forefront on lower decks um they are getting their Uh, their dues here. And I think that that just is kind of a cool thing that, uh, you know, Christopher played the packlet that most people think of when they think of uh, packlets
5: and he would have had a birthday this week. Things to make us go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We are smart. But you know that is I not love the it. Uh, so uh, the packlids are awesome. He had those two big roles, and then he ha- he also had a third and somewhat smaller role. Um, he played the character Durg uh, in the DS9 episode The Passenger. He's the Markalian um, from that episode. So um, you know, uh, three different characters, three different Star Trek races, which is really cool. And one of them being a Pakled. Uh Happy birthday, Christopher Collins! Uh, what a great actor, and we do miss you. We're also sending out a remembrance this week to Noble Willingham, uh, who played the character Texas in the TNG episode "The Royale." We're also sending out a a very interesting episode. Yes, I always uh, am a big fan of those those types of episodes that put our characters in a new environment and see how they kind of interact there. Um, So, yeah, cool episode. I know when Uh, I was out in California
1: we met the, the, the Texas character was there with a blonde woman and oh. uh, he had the blonde woman blow on his dice before he rolled yes. them and yeah. then uh, she blew on Data's dice and I always say, we're walking down the street and we go into this, this burger joint and she comes in and I said to my wife Karen, that's the lady that blew Data's dice and uh, she couldn't <laughs> believe that, that we actually knew who she was because she was only in the episode for, I don't know 10, 10 15 seconds yeah, and I, exactly. I knew who she was I was like,
2: yeah, you blew Dana's dice. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, she
1: thought it was was funny that someone recognized her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's neat that you got to have a little interaction there with her. So, Noble would have had a birthday this week. So, happy birthday. Uh, We're also sending out our remembrances and love to Eve Smith. Um, She played the kidney dialysis lady in Star Trek IV. Hmm.
1: Yeah, great, great role. Really funny scene.
2: And finally, uh, our last remembrance this week is for Vanita Wolf, uh, who, of course, played Yeoman Teresa Ross in TOS's episode, Squire of Gothos, a pretty iconic episode. Yeah, that's a classic. So uh, that is all of our remembrances for this week. Uh, So happy birthday to all of those who have gone before us uh, in our Star Trek community. And now I get to move on to talking about birthdays of folks who are still with us. So our very first happy birthday shout-out this week goes to David Pamer, who played Dr. Moritz Benayune. Uh, and you're like, wait, who is that? But if I just said to you, it's Picard's doctor in Star Trek Picard, you'd say, oh, that guy. He, of course, appears in the episode Maps and Legends uh, as Picard's doctor, who uh, gives him some bad news. Uh, or actually doesn't give him bad news, sort of uh, chides Picard for not, uh, you know, taking care of himself in the light of bad news. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, so happy birthday to David Paymer. Also happy birthday to Sachi Parker, who played Dr. Tava in TNG episodes uh, First Contact, not the movie, but the episode First Contact. Uh, she is a uh, Malkorian in that episode. So another one of those bumpy-headed aliens. <laughs> happy birthday oh, to... Yeah, you know, there's so many of them, man. So many. I, somebody's probably got to count somewhere. Uh, we're also saying happy birthday to Lycia Knaff. Uh, now, this one I really love. She played Ensign Sonia Gomez in TNG's episode, q Who? and Samaritan Snare. Now... Why is Ensign Sonia Gomez so important to TNG, Jim?
1: Because she was in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Total Recall, <laughs> and she was the woman with three boobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's not why she is important to Star Trek.
3: <laughs> oh, oh,
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: Jim, Jim, your filter's off again. <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she's in that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Total Recall. <laughs> and Arnold goes to them to the uh bar on Mars, and she comes up up to him and she she rips her shirt open and she's got three boobs and i I for some reason, I just oh my God, that's Sony Gomez. it just sticks in my brain i just i don't know just, well, I always, just it.
2: <laughs> it is a weird scene in that movie um of course. We, uh, who keep it focused on Star Trek, Jim, like to think of yep, her yep. as Jordy's girlfriend.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> She spilled hot chocolate on Captain Picard. <laughs> she did. It was super cute when she did it, too. <laughs> so, yeah, happy birthday, um, Ms. Naff. That was uh, two great roles. <laughs> uh, uh, happy birthday also going out to Anthony Call, Lieutenant Bailey, from the TOS episode, The Carbamite, which I always find uh, very hard to say. Corbomite Maneuver, Corbomite Maneuver. Uh, Dave Bailey, uh, you would definitely recognize him. He's one of those kind of iconic Star Trek people. doesn't show up in a ton of episodes, but when you see it, you know it. And then I think that after he seems like, I I must admit, I didn't do my research on him ahead of time, but I definitely have seen his face in many, many other things before. So happy birthday, Anthony Call, uh, this week. And uh, my last birthday shout out this week goes to Padma Lakshmi, who played Princess Kataima in the Enterprise episode Precious Cargo.
1: Ah, interesting.
2: Good episode. Super cool episode. If you remember, yeah, what I remember from that episode is she's just super rude. She's just, you know, she's a princess, and she gets her way. And uh, it takes a little bit of adjustment before uh, her and the rest of the gang are able to kind of work together there at first. So very cool portrayal of that character.
1: Trip whips her into shape though by the end. Well, Trip, <laughs> Trip
2: has known. You know, Trip's got some uh, can-do attitude, which I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, Trip is cool. I like Trip.
2: So <laughs> I've got
1: I've got a, a, a list. I've got some good ones on my list. First of all. We want to say happy birthday to Jeff Russo. And if you guys have ever listened to our podcast, you know that I'm a big, big stickler for music. Jeff Russo is the composer for Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. And I think he's just doing a phenomenal, bang-up, outstanding job on both. So happy birthday to Jeff Russo. You know, also, here's man.
2: the one, Jim, I don't mean to interrupt, but the one thing I, I know we extol the virtues of Jeff Rousseau, but I think one of the things that he has really done that I feel like is new mm. and I noticed it, we're going to actually hear it again later when we listen to some, spoiler alert, some other stuff. Um, he brought smaller instruments into these themes, you know, like you've got the cello that happens in Discovery and you've got the flute that happens in Picard and, um, I think as we listen tonight, we will hear the same type of thing happening in some of our other themes that we're getting in some of our new Star Trek shows. So it's cool that he, like all of his music sounds very Star trek but he uses different instruments and he does it in a different way that totally updates it for the 21st century.
1: And, and I like the fact that he's not afraid to use a pre-existing uh, theme at the right time to drop it in that he's yeah, not he so done. It's It's always like elections, yeah. right?
2: It's not, a, it's not like lay down the theme. No, it's like, oh, yes, I... Da, 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 da. Of course, you do. Yeah. yeah,
6: absolutely.
2: If I drop these four or five notes
1: in right here, even though I didn't write them, um, it, it'll, it'll set... I mean, he knows when to do it. He doesn't overdo it. And that's what I like about him. He knows just the right time to do it and just... just and hes I really like him. I really, really appreciate the work that he's done. So happy birthday to Jeff Russo. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Ellen Gear, who played Dr. Marr in the TNG episode, Silicone Avatar. She also played Picard's mother in the episode, Where No One Has Gone Before. Interesting, interesting uh, episode that one was. Deborah Van Vulkenberg, who played Detective Preston in the DS9 episode, Past Tense Part 2. That's the one, if you guys don't remember, where Cisco actually has to fix history, and he becomes – I forgot the guy's name. What's the guy's name? If the writer? Assume, he assumes the identity of the guy, uh, the yeah. bell, of the Bell Riots. The Riot. Bell Riots
2: guy. Yeah, the Bell Riots yeah, guy. I, don't,
1: I, actually, I can't remember his name, yeah. The guy dies, and Cisco has to pick up the rifle and become him in order to set history right. It's a really, really awesome episode. But for me, being an old guy, I remember her from the movie The Warriors, and uh, she, she was the female in the gang in The Warriors. Great movie. Um, I loved it anyways. So happy birthday to Deborah Van Valkenburg. Uh, speaking of New York City and gangs, we like to say happy birthday to David Soul, and uh, he played Mark Makura in the TOS episode The Apple. However, most people would know him from his role in Starsky and Hutch. Um, or maybe if you're old like me, you remember him from the Stephen King T V movie Salem's Lot. Ben M starred in that. Oh he my did. God, that scared me when I was a kid. Bad oh movie man
2: scared the crap out of me. Crap.
1: <laughs> scared right <laughs> yes. out of me. Great terrible. movie and I mean great but like TV. terrible. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Ken Jenkins, who played Dr. Paul Stubbs in the TNG episode Evolution. Arnold Lessing, who played Lieutenant Carlisle in the TOS episode The Changeling. We'd like to say happy birthday to Virginia Aldridge, who played Lieutenant Karen Tracy in the TOS episode Wolf in the Fold. We'd like to say happy birthday to Bobby Sue Luther, who played Orion Orion Slave Girl number 2 in the Enterprise episode of Borderland. And I always save the Klingons for last, uh, because I love Klingons. And coincidentally, this guy was in an episode that that Eric already talked about. We'd like to say happy birthday to Brian Thompson, who played Clag in the TNG episode Matter of Honor. He also played the Romulan Valdor in the Enterprise episode The A&R. Now, I loved his character, Quag. I really, I, that whole episode I thought was great, matter of honor, but Quag yeah, in not, particular yeah. Yeah. gives us a, 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 a look at Klingons that we hadn't seen up to that point. And that's where Riker, if you, you know the scene I'm talking about, uh, when Riker hijacks the ship from Captain Cargon. And surrenders to the Enterprise, and then has to give the command back to Cargon. Uh, the only way to do it is to have Cargon beat crap out of Riker, which yep. he willingly does. And Clag comes over to Riker and and helps him up and makes some comment like, "Well, you you really do understand Klingons." Uh, I haven't seen the episode in a while, but I just really like that character, Clag. He he. um identified with Riker I, I really liked him in that role so happy birthday to Brian Thompson and last but definitely not least we want to say happy birthday to Rosanna DeSoto who played as a in Star Trek 6 the undiscovered country um, I know that she's she's been in other stuff I, I, um, um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank nothing comes to mind anything come to mind
2: uh for other stuff no but i mean just to like remind anybody who doesn't remember she's of course the chancellor uh of the klingon empire in star trek six so she's like a big deal well i mean she kind of becomes chancellor i guess once gorkin's gone but yeah right uh big like is super important character and our f- is that that's not our first look at klingon females is it no vixis is right is Vixus our first well, Klingon female well, no, the you had the, you had uh,
1: uh, Kang's wife. Oh, uh, of course. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, Mara. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Mara. Yep. Yeah. But but Vixis was our first Klingon Ridgehead.
2: Yes, Turtlehead. with Muscles. Yeah, of muskles. with muscles. Lots of
1: muscles. <laughs> um, so now it's time for Star Trek news.
0: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
4: Incoming transmission.
0: Enter authorization code. Command codes verified.
2: Define parameters of program.
0: Level 9 authorization required.
2: Specify parameters. Transfer
0: of data is
1: complete.
4: Black alert.
1: Black alert. Black alert. You know what that means. It's time for Star Trek News. And Eric gets our first story. One and of his we favorites.
2: Oh, man, we are starting out with a doozy, Doozy, as uh, Jim already spoiled earlier in the show. We uh, have an ongoing segment called uh, Shatner Says What, but this week, we are pleased to present Shatner Sings What? William Shatner's music video <laughs> lament on his post-Star Trek cancellation life. That's right. At 90 years old, William Shatner keeps on going. First of all, I can't believe the brother's 90 years old and still doing what he's doing, which is amazing. Uh, The original Captain Kirk has a brand new album coming out next month, and he has released a new song for it. Following up from his 2020 album, The Blues, which was a number one hit, William Shatner has a brand new album coming out on September 24th, simply titled Bill. On this new release, Shatner has teamed up again with Grammy award-winning country musician Brad Paisley, this time for a more personal album that has Shatner delivering his autobiography in a series of songs. One of the new music videos features the song So Far From the Moon about a hard time in Shatner's life in 1969 after the cancellation of Star Trek, which gave him a different perspective on the Apollo 11 moon landing. Find out more and pre-order the new album at BillTheAlbum.com. And I believe that Jim has a special soundbite for us that uh, includes so far from the moon
1: yes this is the uh, William Shatner song with Brad Paisley um, I hope you guys like it it's it's different so uh, here it is William Shatner give it a listen and see what you think <laughs>
4: Sleeping in my pickup, feeling like I'd hit a blow. My marriage had been canceled, and so had my show.
6: It was four in the morning, and the dawn was coming through. I was bound by gravity, so far from the moon. From.
4: The Apollo mission took off, the planet watched enthralled. But man's greatest achievement made this man feel so small. I stared up at the sky, stars like little pins strong took a giant leap while I fell
6: down here yeah, it was four in the morning and dawn was coming soon. but I was bound by gravity so far from the moon yeah it was four in the morning and dawn was coming soon. but I was bound by gravity so far from
4: Some piece of that fiction helped push along the dream. I even met the astronauts a year before they flew. So some small part of me was up there with them.
6: Yes, for a morning, don't something. I was bound by gravity, so far from So far from
1: the moon. So far from the moon. Well, what do you think, Eric?
2: Ooh, I uh, tell you what, uh, I think that song's definitely got a little bit of groove to it. I kind of like the way it moves. It's got, it makes you want to bop your head a little bit while you listen to it. And you know, I think it is just uh in the same vein as so many of the things that we have heard Shatner kind of produce over the years. You may say, well, how did he get tangled up with a with a country uh musician? But actually, uh he and Brad Paisley have been friends for years. Um there was uh they actually did an interview uh asking him, you know, how the two of them met and Shatner said that um they were on uh, the same radio station uh, show and basically the host of the show introduced them and they became friends right away. Uh, So I think that's kind of cool. You know, Jim, is this something that I'm going to go and put in my car as I'm driving down the highway? I'm not so sure, but I appreciate the fact that the man is still doing his thing after all these years and uh, you know, and that Brad there is there. Brad is a great musician, um, and it's fun that they're friends and that they produce this thing together. <laughs> yeah, I I think the last the last
1: Shatner says what story? He was he was uh, swimming with sharks, right?
2: Dude, he gets around. This guy has got so many irons in the fire at any one point. It's really it's really amazing, and good for him, right? Like he he is riding the wave, uh, and he's ninety years old. Ninety years old and he's still doing this, so it's i don't know good for him, good for him
1: yeah i i am not a i'm i'm honestly i'm not a country music fan, I don't even know who brad paisley is um so i I don't know if he's good or bad or what i i don't know but um he's good it's not a bad song <laughs> and, and no. like you said i'm not i'm not gonna be driving down the road bopping to it or anything like that but i I didn't hate right. it.
2: And, you know, and it's cool that, that, I mean, I guess the one thing is that, you know, he, it sounds like Shatner's using this uh, entire album as an autobiography. So it's, it's his like uh, musical interpretations of his own reflections on what it was like to grow up as, as William Shatner and all the things he's done in his life. So if you are a Shatner fan and, you know, particularly if you dig his music, but even if you don't, you might find something interesting uh, in this album when it comes out. I'll probably yeah, listen to the whole thing at least once, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if it's going to be on vinyl. Ooh, there you go. That's really the only way to listen to music. Truly.
1: Yeah. got gotta be, gotta be a record. It, it's yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, I, uh, the last, um, uh, this was on CD. I bought Brent Spiner's old yellow eyes on CD way back way, way long ago. <laughs> I think I still have it kicking around somewhere. I'll have to dig it out. Anyways, guys, that was William Shatner. Uh, Check out his album, Bill. And uh, there's another song on there where he talks about uh, the death of Leonard Nimoy. Um, I didn't put that one on here. I thought this song was a little bit better. So that's why I, I played this one. And they talked about this song in the article. So it made sense to play this particular song versus the other one. But the other one's not not really that bad either. Um, Shatner talking about some of the decisions he's made in his life as he goes along. So anyways, believe it or not, guys, wow. I, I thought we'd have trouble filling the time without Charles here, but we're doing pretty good, actually. Um, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Uh, we're going to be talking about lower decks. We have a couple more surprises for you guys. And then we're going to dive right into Lower Decks. So give us a call, 646-668-2433. And Joe from Montana, you called last week after we had said goodbye, and I, I picked up the phone and was able to get you on the air for a little while. Give us a call back. Call back now. Call back earlier so that you can talk to Eric and myself. So give us a call, 646-668-2433. We'll be right back after we hear this very awesome song, Remember it? good, right? Mine. It's been a long road
0: Getting from there to here It's been a long time But your time is finally here You can feel the change in your thoughts right now Nothing's in your way And they're not going to hold you down no more No, they're not going to hold you down Because we've got faith that you call, we want to hear what you have to say, we've got faith to believe, in just talking today, you got faith in your fingers, all you got to do is sound out, you can reach us right now, we got faith, we got faith,
3: faith that you call.
1: And we're back we're going to be talking about star trek lower decks so uh, give us a call we'd love to hear from you guys 646-668-2433 is our number give us a call and we'll get you right on the air but before we talk about lower decks dun, 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 we have some other great stuff still to talk about so first of all is my next story Three Star Trek series leaving Netflix in September signals possible move to consolidate franchise on Paramount+. Plus. On Wednesday, Netflix announced all the shows coming and going from the service in September, and three Star Trek shows were included, all of which will be leaving at the end of the month. Exiting Netflix are the three seasons of Star Trek the original series, all seven seasons of Star Trek Voyager, all four seasons of Star Trek Enterprise. So far, there is no word on Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Netflix was the first streaming service to license the Star Trek television catalog, having a deal caught in early 2011. Four of the five Star Trek shows started streaming in July 2011, with DS9 joining in October. Licensing deals for all five series were struck with Hulu and Amazon Prime video services in subsequent years, Star Trek The Animated Series was available on Netflix and other services for a few years, but is currently only available on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus is the exclusive home in the USA, the three original Star Trek series, Discovery, Picard, and Lower Decks, with two more arriving over the next year, the animated kids series Prodigy and the live-action Star Trek Strange New Worlds. The Star Trek shows have been on Netflix consistently for 10 years, The same is true for Hulu and Amazon Prime since joining those streaming services. Industry trends indicate this could be the beginning of the end for Star Trek shows being sold to other streaming services. If that is the case, DS9 and TNG will eventually leave Netflix when deals for those shows expire. And all five shows will drop out of Hulu and Amazon as well. As of now, there are no deals on whether or not this will happen. So what do you think, Eric? I, I There's been a big outcry about this from fans, but to me, it doesn't make any sense for Paramount Plus to have a streaming service, the home of Star Trek, and then have Star Trek everywhere but there. Uh, Disney Plus did this with all their Marvel shows. They pulled some great... They, they pulled Daredevil. They pulled some great shows off of Netflix. And now... Disney Plus is the only place to see Marvel and and Lucas. And I, I personally think it's a great move business-wise for Paramount Plus. Uh, what, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think what we're seeing here is definitely a new trend in the industry. I mean, if you uh, remember back to the article that you just read, you know, these deals with Netflix flicks were struck 10 years ago. So we do not know what their duration was. Uh, Presumably it was 10 years. Uh, That's my guess, Uh, given that they seem to be expiring right now. And we know that um, CBS All Access Slash now, Paramount Plus, has been kind of angling to try and, you know, get their service off the ground. Now, let's address the fans who are upset about it. I get it. I totally get it. Um, You know, back in the day, back in the 90s and 2000s, you absolutely could put your bunny ears up uh, on your TV or pay your cable bill or whatever. And you could get your star Trek in a variety of different ways. Um, Usually though, if you think about it from a single network, right. um, And if it was coming in through your cable, you were probably paying some kind of fee for that. And if it was coming in through your bunny ears, at least you were watching commercials uh, between, uh, you know, segments of the show. So, you were, paying, uh, you were paying a fee to watch it. Uh, now, here's what I'll say. If you do not want to pay a fee for your Star Trek, what can you do? Well, you know what they still do? They still make DVDs. They still make Blu-rays. They still make all sorts of ways that you can purchase these things, and you do not at all have to be beholden to any network or any streaming service. That being said – I, for one, am super glad that they're finally getting everything in one place because the fact that I had Paramount Plus and I couldn't watch some of the old shows to start with, I mean, now they're all coming in. But that was kind of like, what? You know, I mean, I was willing to pay for Discovery because that show in and of itself to me was worth six bucks a month. Um, But now, of course, they just keep adding more and more and more. So I'll say, Jim, I feel like it's a double-edged sword. I am totally glad that they are consolidating I think it is a, probably a good business move for them, um, you know, and it is the way of the world. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it does seem like uh, they're following the trends that people like Disney have set forth. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's too bad that it'll be disappearing from some other services. Now uh, some of our Facebook listeners have actually brought up a couple of good points too. This does not address international listeners at all. So this is only in the U.S. What's going down in the U.S.? Um, depending on what country you live in across the world, you get your Star Trek in different ways and uh so we we're not totally plugged into what's going down in your local area. Yeah, as far as
1: what I've been able to understand is that it's these shows are still going to be available on Netflix in other countries, but not in the United States.
2: Yeah, so one way or another you're pay us uh, service. I mean unless you own the D V D uh, which you're welcome to go do and I you know Jim and I probably both do. I, I own many of the old shows, probably not every single episode of the old shows. Uh, I do have an awful lot of old VHSs, though. Maybe I do have every episode.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's a great idea, and I think it's about time that Star Trek is all in one place. Where it should be,
2: in my it's kind of cool. Um, it's kind of cool. I it, must it, admit, it, when it, I launch you know? Paramount Plus, I kind of think of it as the Star Trek channel. You know, there are a few things yeah. on there that uh, my wife watches uh, and that my kid watches, but I think of it as like when I want to watch Star Trek, I launch the Star Trek app, which happens to say Paramount Plus on it, and um, that doesn't bug me one bit because I feel like there's enough. That I trust me, I watch enough of these shows and movies. Now, what they need to do is they need to get every single movie. And every single show in one place. And once they're there, then I think it's yeah. really That's when it's really going to be the best value.
1: I think of it. I was paying for Paramount Plus just for Discovery and Picard, and uh, now and now Lower Decks, Prodigy, very 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 soon. And to me, um, it's icing on the cake, basically. Now that all the other Star Treks are going to be moving over there. It's just icing on the cake. So I, I, I'm a, I, I think it's a good move, and um, I, I'm glad that they're doing it, finally, getting it all in one place. So speaking of Prodigy, dun, 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 dun. Um, that w- we have some, some, some news for you guys. I don't know if you saw it or not, but, but Paramount dropped the opening title sequence for Prodigy. Did you get a chance to see it, Eric?
2: Oh, you better believe I saw it.
1: Yeah, I watched it this afternoon with Jamie and um I was very impressed. It had a it had a, a Voyager esque feel to it. Um To me yeah, or, you absolutely. know, Voyager was, flying through the planets and stuff. It, yep. it, it, it it echoed Voyager. Um I did notice that the nacelles moved up and down when it went into warp, very much like Voyager. I did notice something different, though. Um, the composer of the, of the of the of this particular theme, now, he just composed the main theme. Uh, there's a, a woman whose name escapes me right now. I should have read the article more closely and taken notes. But there's a female composer who's doing the rest of the music for the series. But Michael Gicano, who did the movies, the soundtrack for the Kelvin Universe movies. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. did this theme song and if you listen to it it's very Star Trek 2009 2000 uh, uh, beyond you can hear that familiar uh, Star Trek in there but he does something that we were just talking about Jeff Russo doing and that is dropping in a little bit of TOS in there
3: which Mm -hmm. is really
1: cool and i love the graphics i love the colors i think it's vibrant and uh the the silhouette of janeway right at the very very end is is excellent and i'm very impressed with it i'm waiting patiently for the show and what did you think about it did you did you like it
2: Oh my gosh, I absolutely loved it. I got goosebumps watching it. Uh, I think the the colors is definitely something that stood out to me, Jim. It was, uh, the animation style for the show, I think is just beautiful. Uh, it's unlike anything we've seen before in Star Trek. And I got, I got hints of Voyager uh, opening credits. I definitely also got hints of Discovery opening credits as well. Um, the way that the ship would kind of, um it's not just the ship flying through space. There are other graphics going on that aren't necessarily like space related things that are interacting with the ship during uh, the opening credits here, which I think is, is really cool. That's something that they do with discovery, right? Where they mix in the other graphics as well. The theme song, you know, when I first heard it, it didn't grab me because I didn't, the theme was subtle enough that it didn't like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a Star Trek theme that set up, but the more I listen to it now, the theme has actually kind of gotten stuck in my head, and I really like it. It has an optimism to it. It's very hopeful. It's kind of uh, it's got a lot of energy to it. It's kind of like a little gallopy sort of sound to it, you know, which um, sounds like adventure to me, <laughs> which I think is just super cool. So I loved the trailer uh the sh- the views that we get of the ship there's movable nacelles there's some kind of like um like extendable thruster thing that happens in the back of the main hull of the ship as it's kind of doing its thing so so i i think we've got and and then it its saucer section is kind of vaguely triangular shaped you know sort of like the prometheus um was from back in the tnd days so it was very interesting to me, and I think it gave us a lot of little hints. I've watched it probably about uh, six or seven times at least so far.
1: And you know what? A lot, I posted the trailer, and I have to. I have no control over geo locks. Um, oh, I don't know yeah. who does. Some. Uh, no, I don't know. I just, Somebody yeah. geo locks these things. It's not me. And a lot of fans were complaining that they can we hum a few bars. They can't hear it. They can't watch it. So guess what, guys? What do you say, Eric? Shall we play the new theme song from Prodigy for our listeners? What do you think?
6: Roll the tape, Jim.
1: And here we go. The Prodigy main title. Three notes of the song yeah. are the TOS theme song. He just drops them in there, and and you hear those three notes, and that's all it takes. It's like, yep, that's Star Trek. Sounds very Kelvin. It, it's um, uh, you you can hear 2009 in there. You can hear Star Trek Beyond in there, but it's also uniquely different at the same time. I I really really like it. The more I hear it, the more it grows on me.
2: Yeah, it communicates a few different moods along the way. You know, I think at first it kind of sounds a little bit dangerous, almost like, uh, you know, oh, my gosh, there's something ominous happening out there. But then it bursts into that really kind of optimistic, like, eyes wide open theme right in the middle. And then, uh, you know, the transition from that to the very end is the only part I'm not sure about. But I think that we may be getting, I'm not sure if we're getting a shortened version of this. Uh, You know, maybe there's a longer version that, that connects those two a little bit better. But overall, I really like the theme, too.
1: Yeah, it's it's really good. I, I hope all of all of our international listeners that could not hear it on our Facebook page appreciate it. Give us a call, 668 six-six six eight-2433. Tell us what you think about the Prodigy theme song. And speaking of prodigy, dun 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 du Eric, we do have some prodigy news.
2: Oh, we sure do, Jim, and it's good stuff. John Noble and Jimmy Simpson are announced as the Star Trek prodigy main villains. That's right. Two science fiction heavyweights are lending their voices to the newest installment of the Star Trek franchise. John Noble, best known for his roles in Lord of the Rings and the wacky scientist star of Fringe, which was just a show that I actually liked quite a bit, will voice the series lead villain, the Diviner, a ruthless tyrant who controls the asteroids of Tars Lamora. According to the announcement, the Diviner, quote, exploits wayward species which explains a bit about how the various aliens from the series find themselves at the start of the show on Tar's Lamora. Diviner will stop at nothing in his hunt for the USS Protostar no matter the cost. The Diviner's motivations, though his goals are shrouded in mystery, his body is failing him and he's created his progeny Gwyn to one day carry on his mission when she is ready for it. We have yet to see the Diviner, but Noble can be heard at the beginning of the trailer for the show in the trailer released last month saying, no one shall escape. The Diviner's 17-year-old progeny Gwyn, played by Ella Purnell, is of a new race called the vau na -na vau na That's my guess at how that's pronounced. And she can be seen in the trailer as as she joins Dal and the other alien kids on the USS Protostar, a derelict starship ship, Starfleet ship, that includes an emergency training hologram in the form of Captain Janeway voiced by Kate Mulgrew. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Simpson is known for his starring role of the hit series Westworld, but may be better known to Star Trek fans for his role in the Star Trek inspired episode of Black Mirror USS Oh I was really- You remember that one, Jim? That was such a great
1: That was that was a great that that should have been a spin off show of its own, I think.
2: I well, that's what we, remember we, when we were talking about Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek, we were saying, oh yeah, I like the Callister.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: Simpson is voicing Dreadnought, the Diviner's deadly robotic enforcer. He is heartless and cold. His sole purpose is to keep the Diviner on task and to ensure that the protostar is found. Dreadnought is a friend to no one, including the Diviner's own daughter, Gwyn, and uses his menacing spider-like form to impose the diviner's will. You, uh, Star Trek Prodigy debuts on Paramount Plus this fall. And I have to tell you, I take exception to the bad guy always being a spider. There is nothing, and it's no wonder my kid's afraid of spiders. <laughs> and I think, I, I think if you watch the intro,
1: I think we actually see a giant version of, of this character and we see the ship flying between its fingers, if I remember the trailer correctly. Um, uh-huh. If you yeah. go back and watch it, it looks like there's a, an, a giant hand, and the, 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 the ship flies right between the fingers and off into space. Uh, if you look at the background of what the ship is flying through.
2: Yeah, I it think looks you're like right. Yep, and that's kind of that layered graphics I was talking about the, in that Discovery style, which I just think is so cool because remember how Discovery changes its credits based on the season, uh, based on what's going to be in the season? There are spoilers in the credits, right? Uh, so it looks like yep. Prodigy is actually taking that uh, that same tack, uh, providing some small spoilers in these credits. And I have to tell you, you should read this entire article uh, because we learn a lot more about the show than we've learned uh, recently and i'm I'm very excited uh, about both of these actors doing uh, the show here so what do you say we play the teaser
1: trailer for our listeners in case they have not heard it yet um it's Let's- it's an oldie it's an oldie but a goodie and uh, oh, since yeah. they talked about it in the article, I feel obliged to play mm-hmm. it for you guys so here it is the prodigy teaser trailer. No one shall escape.
2: I'm getting out of here to a better life. You're
4: the only one who still thinks he can.
0: What will happen if they catch us?
4: Like it or not, you're stuck with
6: me.
0: I tried to save you, and now we can save each other. What? is all of this our ticket out of here we've only just begun
1: there are a lot more stars than i thought man i love it i love it Uh, i i really enjoyed seeing the the actors that they cast as these characters when they did that panel and uh, yeah with uh, Jerry yeah. O'Connell and,
2: and I'm just excited I mean you can even hear it in that trailer with the little voice that we hear at the end I'm just so excited that we have a Star Trek here that is focused on a younger audience it just to me, has been a big gap uh, in the Star Trek universe for a long time, and I just think this show is really gonna—it's um, gonna get kids excited about Star Trek at a younger age, you know, and they'll—they'll want to go out and discover all of these great shows. And, and of course, we've talked a lot about how much diversity there is right now in the Star Trek that's coming out. So you know, they like adventure; they can watch one kind of show. They like serious shows; they can watch something else. They like classic Trek; they can watch that. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I I, I wasn't really really pumped for it at, at first, but the more I see it and the more I hear about the show and the theme song, um, I think it has the potential to be something really special.
2: You know what it's going to do is it's going to kind of balance out what I think a lot of people have seen as um, – edginess in Trek these days, you know, even if you watch lower decks, yes, it's definitely a little bit edgy. It's got some, uh, some jokes in there. You know, you wouldn't want your young kids maybe, uh, hearing necessarily. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of darkness in Discovery. There's a little bit of darkness in Picard, but, uh, I just think that this show, it it just, there's of course going to be danger and all that sort of stuff, but doesn't it feel like it's going to have a brightness to it that, uh, maybe some of these other shows don't have? I don't know. I'm excited about that. Well, and they announced
1: that, that Jakote was going to be on the show as well. Um, so yeah. there's has to be a hologram as well um, too, so there has to be two holograms uh, in order for him to be there, unless it's a flashback of some type. We'll have to wait and see.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. of course... Maybe, maybe he but, and Harry Kim go forward in time uh, and meet up with uh, the protostar in the future, you know? Yeah. I mean, anything's fine. Don't forget the holographic doctor could
1: be there because he already is hologram. (laughs) Oh man.
2: Speaking of denobulans.
1: (laughs) So yeah. And uh, so guys, this is your last chance. Get your finger, let your fingers do the walking. uh, 646-668-2433 because we have one last very quick yet. Very awesome commercial break and then we're going to dive right into Star Trek Lower Decks, to Gumatu. And we're going to, we're going to, without Charles, we're going to have to fill a whole half hour, uh, just talking Lower Decks. I only have two short clips to play for you guys. So we could pretty much play the whole episode for you in a half an hour. So give us a call at 646-668-2433 and uh, share your thoughts about Lower Decks or actually, about anything that we've talked about tonight, just give us a call and we'll get you on the air. We'd love to hear from you guys. Okay. So we're going to take our final commercial break of the night. And this time we're going to do something a little bit different. We've already heard from TJ and we've already heard this really good friend of mine singing a really awesome song. So we're going to give you guys some more Star Trek info. And there's a new show coming out that stars a dude that I'm incredibly man crushing on Anson Mount. And it's, of course, Strange New Worlds. It's wrapped production. And uh, so we've got, it's in the can. We're just waiting for them to drop it on us. And so this is the, I don't know what you want to call it, the um, teaser promo,
0: I guess? Yeah, I think so. uh,
1: I think that's what you call it, yeah,
2: from way back in the day, yeah.
1: Yeah, from from way, way, way back. So uh, sit back and enjoy. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks strange new world you asked we listened it's happening
0: wow I'm so glad I finally get to share this news with you guys
6: speaking just for myself I have never received more love from a fan base than I have from the Star Trek family without
1: you this wouldn't be happening So thank you so much.
0: I can't wait to put on that gold Starfleet uniform and deliver number one right along Captain Pike and Spock.
1: It is a huge honor. And it means even more for us to be able to announce this right now at a time when so much of the planet is hurting. The ethos of Star Trek is so curious and welcoming and unifying.
6: And we're going to get to work on a classic Star Trek show that deals with optimism and the future.
0: Here we go. I can't wait.
6: And I guess there's only one more thing to say. Hit it.
1: My god, I love him. I just he is just I just wow. Such a such a man crush. Oh, he is just I just, just the awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to dive into Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, the fourth episode of season two, Mugatu Gumatu, which means I have to give you guys this warning first. Black
6: alert, y'all. We are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory.
1: That's right. If you haven't watched it, run away, watch it, and come right back. So this episode uh, had a warning at the beginning that said that it had violence and strong sexual content. And I'm sitting there watching it with Jamie thinking, strong sexual content on a Star Trek Lower Decks animated episode? Wow. What how, what could it possibly be? Well, boy, <laughs> was I ever oh, laughing.
3: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was funny, <laughs> to say the least. So I usually pick a couple of clips for you guys. And I did that this week. And the first clip that I want to play for you guys is actually the beginning of the episode. And um, it, I just call it the fight. And this is a scene where um, Mariner is in the gymnasium working out and um, Boimler comes in and um, uh, uh, engineer guy. Why can't I remember his name? Um, you can't remember
2: Rutherford's name?
1: Or Rutherford's name, and uh, they're gonna go play ambu Jitsu And uh, Mariner says, "Oh, can I tag along?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we've been working out in the at midnight in the holodeck. We're gonna kick her ass. And uh, well, let's see how it turns out for the, for for our buddies. Maybe. There we go."
6: Shax has the gym in twenty, but we should have
2: time for a quick round.
1: Ooh, you guys gonna go ambo? Can I get in on that?
2: Sure, more than merrier. Three months of midnight practice is finally gonna pay off. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see the look on her face.
4: Glad you're still into this. I was worried maybe I came down too hard on you last time.
0: Hopefully we picked up a few of your moves.
4: Nothing like some friendly ambo jitsu to work up a sweat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: We've been training on the holodeck at night. You might want to take off the kid gloves.
3: <sighs>
6: oh. oh, you okay? I, I, I mean... I'm great. I can finally get in a real workout. Uh... <laughs>
1: Still got 10 minutes. <laughs> 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 oh my god. So all right. So you want you want to start us oh, off man. on this one,
2: Eric. <laughs> oh man, well, I I have to tell yeah. you that as soon as I saw those guys in those outfits, I was like, "That's yes, sambo jitsu." Oh my god, that's from So if you don't remember, that is the that's the sport that's introduced uh in the TNG episode The Icarus Factor. And we get to see Riker, right, in the Ambo Um It's kind of a mix between, like, American gladiators and that Vulcan weapon that I always forget the name of. It's got the blade on the one end and the weight thing on the other end. Anyway, uh, what a crazy opening to this episode. I thought it was so, so funny. And so then the credits roll. And, you know, we've already warned you that there may be spoilers. So I have to tell you, I loved, I absolutely loved the very next thing that happens. You are put, dropped on this planet, and there's two Denobulans there. Yeah. And 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 you, and only if you had watched Enterprise would you even know what a Denobulan was, first of all. And secondly, only if you had watched a particular episode of Enterprise would you know what Denobulans do – when they feel threatened and i'm I'm just gonna drop it there. it was hilarious uh and the fact that they are like blending together all these things so they they bring back this episode is called Mugatu gumato, which of course refers to the to the mugato from the original series, and so here they are blending original series uh monsters slash uh endangered species, let's say with kind of our modern, um, characters and all of the stuff that they do. So, uh, very, very clever premise. Um, you know, that story I thought was pretty good. I like where they took it. They, they, they bring the Ferengi into it. Right. And they, they learn that these Mugatus are being kind of exploited by the Ferengi in various ways. And they Mariner, of course, saves the day, actually not even Mariner. It's the two guys, Uh, Mariner watches the two guys actually solve the problem without her and come up with a way that it's kind of a win-win that, that, that saves the species that's kind of being exploited and makes these two guys feel really good about themselves. Um, Some of my other favorite parts though, Jim, I am a huge game player, right? Like I love board games and there's a scene in there where uh, Boimler and Rutherford are playing a game that is not unlike a real board game called diplomacy where they must come to an agreement and, and you basically win the game (laughs) by compromising (laughs) and coming coming together. So I love that they kind of shouted out to the board game nerds there uh, with that one, because um, not everybody would get that kind of diplomacy reference either. I think, um, you know, Shax plays a good role in this one again. There's some Ferengi. Uh, I don't know. What are your favorite parts of this episode, Jim?
1: Well, I, uh, Mariner is sitting in the bar with a Klingon duck and she's playing <laughs> the alien game where she's stabbing it between her fingers that we saw in, uh, in, yep. in Aliens. That's right. And I was like, oh, my God, that's too cool. Unless you saw Aliens and you know the scene I'm talking about, you wouldn't even catch that. It was just thrown right in there. But um, you know, growing up on Aliens, I, I I caught that scene right away. I was like, oh, was, wow, that's the that's the knife game.
2: <laughs> and was our you know? uh, tour guide, uh, you know, our Australian Mugatu expert, was he a Tellarite? He was, right? I I think he was. You know what? It's hard.
1: Uh, like the Denoblians, I knew that they were Denoblians because of, of when they blew up like Flocks did. So I knew it. Yeah. But sometimes the animation is hard to translate um, in, into real life because it's it's so abstract. But he he definitely had the pig nose, and that's the first thing that I thought. He had the pig nose, and he kind
2: of had the he kind of had the look of the. You know how back in TOS when the the Tellarites. You could tell that they had a mask on and they had those kind of like eye holes, he yeah has that sort of look like he's looking through eye holes yeah i i thought i I
1: definitely thought that he was for sure i I really like the part uh, near the end when um, Rutherford and Boimler go out and they they it, it they make it seem like they're building the the cannon from arena. Right and and they 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 come in with the, and it's the bamboo wrapped with the with the twine yep. and stuff and and you think they're gonna blow up the Ferengi and instead it's a projector on profit margins. They give a <laughs> it,
2: I mean, and so my favorite way of solving things is not with guns and big muscles, right? But when you outsmart your opponent, and that's exactly what they did. They they made the Ferengi a better deal <laughs> than the Ferengi yep. already had going on. And they're like, oh yes, of course, we must do this because the profit margins are so high. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it it was great. Uh, the, the, there, was, there was so many little things that were that were just planted in there, just little nods to other other things that gave you a little chuckle. You know, like like mm-hmm. I love the Gorn doll. She has a Gorn doll and in yep. uh, her in the captain's quarters and. I'm waiting patiently waiting to see uh, I want to see a Gorn show up on this show. I think that would be great. Uh, I love the Gorn.
2: That um, would be awesome. and we and we haven't even touched on the the on the B and C stories that are going on here either, Jim. Um, because yeah, the, so
1: yeah, I think that lower decks is 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 really maturing. I've noticed it the, the last couple of episodes where it has the feel of a live action Star Trek. Well, like where TNG always had an A, B, and a C. And it seems like Lower Decks is getting there as well with the A, B, and C story. Yep.
3: Uh, yep. Which
1: is which great because it makes it feel that, that much more of Star Trek. Now, we've only talked about the A story, uh, but there was a B story with Tendi and and the Doctor, which which we we, we saw some great stuff with the Doctor last week crawling into the giant box with the eyes dilated. <laughs> uh, like 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 AJ when he's inside of a box. Well guess <laughs> <On> what? <catnip. laughs> they they continue that in this episode. Where oh, she's uh
2: so good. she's just a giant cat basically I, and uh, I have to tell you, yeah, I mean my I, this is yeah, so do you have a clip of this one or no? Uh what do I have a clip of? No, not this, not this not okay. this one though. No. Okay, so let's just say, so the B story is basically that, remember how over the last couple of episodes, Tendi has really been trying to prove herself as an assistant to Dr. Ta'ana. And, you know, last episode, they dug into that pretty deep. And this episode, Tendi gets so excited because she is assigned a task by Dr. Ta'ana where she has to chase down all of the people who have not come in for their regular physicals. <laughs> and she has right. to basically scan them, Right. And um, it's great because she comes up with all of these creative ways to chase down these people who have been avoiding being scanned and she goes into their personal business and gets the scans done and she's doing such a great job. And then at the very end, there's a very mysterious patient who does not have a name patient 08019 who they discover is the doctor herself. And that's when Jim uh, that's when the stuff that Jim was talking about sort of takes off the chase is on right T'Anna starts running down the corridor. Tendy is chasing her with that tricorder uh and they go all the, they go through the Jeffreys tubes I mean they go all over the place, and of course, um Tendy eventually gets her scan and then T'Anna's like totally impressed by it so good for Tendy she is definitely becoming one of my favorite characters on the show. I love her energy, I love the things that they like her go gettedness and yet there's like this innocent kind of gullibleness to her too that's just ah love it Well if, if you're a cat owner
1: yes <laughs> you have like
2: if you're a cat
1: owner the the scenes with Tendi and the doctor were just absolutely because I've chased not AJ uh, but I've chased my cat around and that's exactly what you get uh, you know uh, oh, yeah. the cat goes underneath the couch all the way in the back corner. And you're reaching there to get him. Yeah. And now out comes the paw ripping you to shreds, you know. Yep. Running under everything, behind everything. And and as I was watching, I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's what it's like chasing my cat around. Just like that. And she's even making the noises as she's running through the
3: hall.
1: I was, like, I was laughing so, so hard. It was so funny you know and then at the end when she when she finally gets her scan and she's like well played i don't know why mm-hmm. i was running away there was nothing to it right uh, that
2: took that took almost no time at all
1: <laughs> that was great that that was really 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 well done i i appreciated that and it was it was nice that you tendy was on her own last episode she was at mariner this mm-hmm. episode she was on her own which was which was a different dynamic for what we used to see here she's always with Rutherford but and it um, was
2: yeah that was different and we also get the the kind of growing up of Boimler and Rutherford right which we haven't had before either right exactly
1: and and, and I love the end. I, I love how how Mariner gets out this whole story how she's section thirty one and she's a trained killer and
3: mm-hmm. and all
1: this story about she she killed the whole crew of the starship Atlantis and All this dark backstory that we get from the bartender in Ten Forward. Do they call it Ten Forward?
2: They don't don't call it Ten Forward, but but yeah, this guy, his name is Honus. Uh, He has now been introduced as our bartender, and apparently he is one who likes to pass long stories. So if you want everybody on the ship to know something that is or is not true, you swear Honus to secrecy and tell him a story. (laughs) And pretty soon everybody on the ship will know. (laughs) <laughs> and and Mariner does it at the end of the episode, and she sure uh, does. She, spins a she nice gives Boimler and Rutherford, yep. she
1: gives them their due and turns them into heroes. And I loved it. And I I thought it was great. The it seems to me like like the writers are kind of falling into, you know, they're really getting the feel for these characters and they're really getting the feel for the show and and how to. How how it flows and how it works the best because they really seem to be getting in stride now. These last two episodes have really really moved at a really good pace and they they felt really solid.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that I'm seeing, Jim, is I'm seeing things evolve as the series goes on. So you know, a couple of episodes ago, we uh, added our Tumerian crew member, right, uh, Darmok Benjalad, that dude, and he shows up in the background. He doesn't have any lines, but he's in several uh, scenes of even this episode. And so they're they're keeping these new characters that they're bringing in, even as background characters. And you know, at some point, they're going to come back to him. Like I fully expect us to come back to Honus one day, and figure out where oh. he comes from. Right? <laughs> yes,
1: definitely. I uh, I, I thought uh, Jack's running around on the planet eating the Mugatu dung. I was like, oh. My God. <laughs>
2: He, he Shaq is, go- yeah, oh. he's, a, he's an expert, right? I mean, Shaq's is an amazing guy because he, you know, he's the Bajoran who came back to life mysteriously. And we still don't know how. Uh, but he, he, yeah, in this one, he's like a tracker, and he's eating Mugatu dung so that he can figure out where they're going. And every time he does it, everybody else goes, ew. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mariner's like, uh, Mariner steps in a big pile of it, and shakes it off her foot, and as he's eating it, she's like, "No, no, you don't have to do that. We're going in the right direction." <laughs> he eats it. Anyway. It's like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" But uh, one of the things about the episode that I really liked is the move got to uh, when you think it. When you think of TOS, there's just a couple of things that will pop into your brain, and I think that's uh, this is not derogatory, but I think it's just a matter of of money. And and TOS didn't have a lot of money to to make aliens that were not somebody wearing shoe polish on their face. So the few episodes where we do actually see a creature will stick in your brain. You know, you've got the Gorn, you've got the Salt Vampire, and you got the Mugatu. And I think those are the three main uh, creatures. The Horda, well, the Horda uh, maybe Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Um but my point is, there wasn't many actual uh, creatures that, that you would see just because of the, the, they didn't have the budget. Um, so when, when you do see one, you remember it. And the Mugatu was one of those that you just remember because it was this big, giant, hairy, white ape with, with fangs and claws. And you just remember it. And for them and to pick horn. that creature, yeah, and a unicorn horn, for them to pick that particular creature, and and have a whole planet full of them running around is just it's great because if you if you grew up watching TOS you remember the Mugatsu. you can't forget it and yep. oh I got I got to talk about the one scene that we, I, I mentioned at the beginning that there's oh boy. that there's <laughs> strong sexual content and I'm like <laughs> how can there be sexual content in a cartoon for kids well <laughs> there is mm-hmm. and boy is it funny so Boimler... Boimler and Rutherford escape, and uh, a Mugatu jumps out of the desert and eats, uh, what was his name, Fizzy? Fizer? Finger? Yeah.
3: Winger? I, it, I
1: forgot his name. Fizzy, something like that, yeah. Fizzy uh, bites his head right off, and there's all this purple blood spewing all over the place, and they run and hide inside of a hollow log, and they think they're safe. Well, along comes two Mugatus. Or, oh, the other thing I want to mention really funny in this episode is every time they say we've got to they say it, different. say
2: it differently D- yeah. did, did,
1: did you notice that
2: yeah.
1: no one in fact Shaq one way sentence twice
2: yeah Shaq says it like four ways in one sentence
1: yes it's different <laughs> every time someone says it but two of them come out one of them has a white face and one of them has like a a, a a purple face we find out that the one with the white face is a female and the one with the purple face is a male And how do we know this? Because Uh the male beds the female over the log that they're Uh hiding inside of and mates with her. And Boimler looks on and he goes, oh, they're mating. And the log (laughs) is shaking and shaking and falls into the water, and they think they're going to drown. The two Mugatu stop, and Boimler pops his head out, and the third Mugatu comes along. And they start growling at each other. Boimler says something like, well, this could get messy if he decides to 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 uh, to uh, uh, flexes and superiority or something, and what happens? The Mugatu sits down, tells them to keep going. They start going at it again, and he starts stroking his
2: horn. <laughs> oh my god! And <laughs> and he does the sign language for please. <laughs> oh oh, I
1: was laughing so hard. And uh, the next scene. The Logs stop shaking and everything is quiet. And Boimler and Rutherford crawl out and they go, oh, they're passed out. And then Rutherford says, yeah, even the one that was watching. <laughs> and, and they sneak off into the woods. Oh, my God. I was just, oh, oh, oh it was funny. It was so funny. And, and, and you know, I think it would split. I don't think a kid would catch that. Um, I
2: don't. I don't think so. I think it depends on. Like a younger kid would definitely not catch that, and I think even an older kid might not catch all of it. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where if you're watching with your kid, you know, just kind of like just keep watching, <laughs> answer yep. the questions that come up.
1: Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny? <laughs> so. so I've got one more clip to play for you guys, and um, I picked this one. Because as soon as, as soon as I heard this, uh, Jamie and I looked at each other and said, it's Tilly. And, of course, it's the power of math, people. And uh, that's what I call this clip. So uh, enjoy.
3: love it.
2: You know you guys can just replicate stuff, right? Like the, the stuff you buy with latinum, you can just replicate. You guys are dumb.
4: If we're so dumb, then how did we capture you, human? You guys are what, some creepy, throwback, Last Outpost-style Ferengi? You ever heard of Quark? Of course I've heard of
6: Quark!
0: <laughs> Stop, Rangie! Hey,
6: Ferengi, we've got a little something for you. May we present... A cost-benefit analysis for greater long-term profits. What if I
0: told you you could earn 150% more latinum with live Mugados rather than dead ones? Say
6: your whip, what do you propose? Well, by ending the sale or slaughter of the Mugado while putting an investment in the conversion of this place into more of a Mugado preserve,
0: your long-term revenue streams will come to include ticket prices, merchandise, concessions,
6: the Hulkamado!
4: Oh, man! what's happening?
6: Those two beautiful
0: nerdy men are negotiating us to safety using the power of math.
4: It is a more time-consuming effort than our current operation. But well, I can't argue with the profit margin, though I don't love releasing tactics.
0: Well, technically we really should be apprehending you for attacking members of Starfleet, so.
6: If we're both unhappy, that means we've reached a, a compromise! compromise.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, my God, that was so funny.
5: Oh, power, I love
1: how oh, they man. get the last outpost uh,
2: reference oh, in there.
1: Um, I was going to say and, that,
2: Jim. I mean, that oh, you're not some kind of, like, un, not flushed out last post, outpost Ferengi, which was from the fifth episode of season one when the Ferengi were nothing compared to Quark.
1: <laughs> and and I, I, I really like that they have the Ferengi whip because we've never seen that again besides the first episode of TNG. That's
2: right. Yep. And they return they brought it back and uh, referenced the episode that it was in. So just so great. So deep and so wide are the references in this show. Uh, man, if you are a Star Trek fan, there's so much here for you.
1: Yeah. So uh, on a scale of one to 10, what would you rate it?
2: Uh, I liked this episode even better than last week's. Personally, uh, it was not a raucous ride, but it was funny and chock full of great references. I'm going to give this one an eight and a half.
1: And, and, and I, I gave last week's eight and a half. I like this one a little bit more. I'm going to give it a nine. I really enjoyed it. And uh, so
2: believe it or not, we got through the show without Charles. Wow. And we didn't think it could happen, uh, but Charles, we missed you, buddy. We can't wait to see you again next week.
1: And the next week, we're going to have a great show. Um, like I said, Rob Perlman's going to be with us, and we're going to have a lot of news from Star Trek Day. Actually, when I get off the podcast here in a few minutes, I'm probably going to go flip on Paramount Plus and see what kind of trailers and information dropped on us while we were on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, as I said at the top of the show, guys, please, if you're listening and you're in the greater New York metro area, I know you guys got a lot of rain and a lot of a lot of uh, floods, and the subways are closed and stuff like that. But if you're looking for something fun to do, head up to Pine Bush, New York, the UFO Festival. Come on over to the Paranormal and UFO Museum on Main Street and uh, meet myself, Uncle Jim and Jamie, and get an autograph from the Leslie Hoffman. Uh, we'll be there live broadcasting from 1 to 3, but we'll be there the whole day on Saturday from 10 to 4. Admission is free, so all you got to do is show up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. i got all these new professional microphones and equipment to use in Las Vegas, which I didn't get to use, so I'm going to use it on Saturday. So please stop by and say hello if you're in the area. And head on over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond, A-N-D, beyond, spell that all out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Tell us where you're from You'll see the Live Long and Prosper And uh, every week I pick Five lucky listeners, well 15 lucky listeners And uh, if you see a heart Next to your name, you've been chosen Put our number in speed dial 646-668-2433 Although nobody called tonight That's okay Call next week you want to get a free digital download Of Zone 414 Give us a call and I'll give you a code, and you can download it for free. Excellent. Great, great, great idea for you guys, and it doesn't cost you anything, and we're just about out of time, so I am your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and I got to say thank you so much to Eric for muddling through the show without my right-hand man, Charles, with us, but I think we did a pretty good job, so thank you so much for hanging out with me, Eric, and Trek talking with me tonight, and I couldn't do the show without you. You better
2: believe it, Jim. I had a great time. And don't forget, when in doubt, believe in the power of math.
1: That's right. Tilly said it on Discovery. Mariner said it on Lower Decks. It's got to be true. They wouldn't lie to you, right? Right? That's right.
4: That's right. Right.
1: (laughs) So, anyways, guys, that's it. Hailing frequencies are closed. I hope you guys, please, please stay safe, be good to each other, and tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Live long and prosper.
4: Let's see what's out there. Engage.